Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. friends who are watching online today, I hope the weather where you are is as beautiful as it is in New York right now. Sunny skies, the temperature is around what, maybe 68, 69 degrees? It is awesome. I wish you were here. It is good to see you this morning. Our next scripture passage today comes to us from the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, verses three through five. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. When I was in college, I spent my summers working at a nearby Presbyterian church camp. I loved it. It was in those summers that the seed of God's call to ministry was nurtured, watered, In no small measure, it is what led me to you today. I particularly enjoyed Friday nights at the camp. On those evenings, the counselors and the campers participated in an elaborate game of hide-and-seek, counselors against the campers. We would sequester the campers into one of the cabins, and then the counselors would fan out and hide. Some crawled on top of the cabins. Some went down to the dock on the lake. Some would go to the supply closet in the cafeteria. One Friday evening, the other counselors thought that they had found the perfect place to hide. Inside the boathouse, locked from the outside. And guess whom they asked to lock the door? Yours truly. So, Campers are sequestered, counselors are locked in the boathouse, I found a little nook somewhere to hide, and off they went with a feral cry looking for these counselors, and they found me in no short measure, I mean it was very, very soon they, 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 they found me, it was, it, it was rather embarrassing actually how quickly they found me, and then they went out to the rest of the camp trying to find the counselors, they looked in the regular hiding places on top of the cabins and down by the dock and in the cafeteria. And then finally they said to me, uh, 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 Patrick, do you know where the counselors are hiding? And, and then it happened. I, I said it before I thought about it. I, I didn't mean for these words to fall out of my mouth. Have you ever said something that landed you in a surprising situation? These words landed me in a surprising situation. And I said to these campers, no, 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 I I cannot tell you that they are hiding in the boathouse. 
And, and off they went, just as fast as they could go, screaming and shouting and yelling. And uh, well, I gave them the key. And so they unlocked the boathouse and the counselors filed out. And I thought they would be delighted to see me, that, you know, we're all together again. But uh, no, it was not to be. Uh, these Christians, uh, counselors, came out of the boathouse and they were scowling at me and muttering some words I don't think I should repeat this morning. And I was like, really? I and mean, this is just all in fun, right? Don't let bygones be bygones. And I thought that was it. Saturday morning, I'm underneath the pavilion. Parents are beginning to arrive to pick up their children. I'm talking with the campers, talking about the week, saying goodbye. And I look up and I, and I notice that all the counselors are surrounding me. And I, I said, hi. And before I could say anything else, they hoisted me up on their shoulders, raced with me down 100 yards to the lake, onto the dock, 40 or 50 campers scampering behind them, and then one, two, three, and up in the air I went, arms and legs flailing all over the place and splashed right into the lake. And those Christian counselors, uh, were so pleased and delighted with themselves. They, they started clapping, yeah, that's good. And the, the campers were just shaking in laughter. I enjoyed that moment much more than I would ever let them know. But, uh, have your words ever landed you in a surprising situation? Have you ever said something that had ramifications and consequences that you simply could not imagine? Is it possible? Something like that might happen today. After all, this morning we are welcoming five new members into the life of our faith community. And we are going to join together in saying a few words. Our new members are going to say, I do and I will, as we ask them the very questions we ask of those who are baptized. And then together we will stand up and we will affirm our faith using those few words we call the Apostles' Creed. And the Apostles' Creed is a baptismal creed. It is a creed that has been used for centuries to affirm the faith of believers when people are immersed into the waters of God's grace. And, and sometimes, sometimes we say things and these words land us in situations that we can never imagine. And, and, and as we are saying these baptismal words together this morning, I, I cannot help but to think about my experience at that camp. And I cannot help but to wonder if in saying these words this morning, that if God might somehow reach down and, and pick us up and with a one, two, three, and toss us high into the air with arms and legs flailing, that we too would plunge into the deep pools of God's love. Baptism. Baptismal words, we need to be careful with baptismal words because they do have consequences and ramifications that we do not usually entertain. In our scripture passage this morning, the Apostle Paul stretches human language to 
tease our hearts and our minds about the good news, the joy of baptism. Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And if we've been baptized into his death, then certainly we will be resurrected into a new life just like he was. It is a profound statement of hope. In our baptisms, we rejoice in God's claim upon our lives. As the Reformers put it, we are, in our baptisms, engrafted into the body of Christ. In our baptisms, we celebrate the good news that we are connected to him and he to us. We are joined to him and he to us. We are part of him and he is a part of us. One Sunday after church, uh, an elderly couple came up to me and they were just almost giddy. Uh, Patrick, we, we just returned from a trip to the Holy Land. We went to Israel and we went to the Jordan River and here, and they gave me a vial of water and they said, we got this water from the Jordan River and now we can use this special water in our baptisms in our church. their thoughtfulness and their generosity and, and, and I tried to explain that as much as I appreciated their gift I we could not accept it that and the Presbyterian tradition we do not focus on the water indeed we're told to use common ordinary water I'm not sure they ever understood They didn't understand that the power and the meaning and the significance of baptism are not found in water. The water itself is not sacred in our tradition. That is to say, we Presbyterians and those of us in the Reformed tradition, those of us who are Protestants do not believe that the water itself confers any special status to those who are baptized. The power and the meaning and significance of baptism are found in the scandalous and extravagant love of God, so that it does not matter if you were baptized as an infant or an adolescent or an adult. It, it does not matter if the water was sprinkled over your head or poured over your head or if you were immersed into a lake or a river. It, it does not matter. The meaning is the same. In baptisms, we rejoice in the good news that we are immersed, not, not so much in water, we are immersed into the life of the Spirit. In our baptisms, we are plunged into the depths of God's love and grace and claim upon our lives. When it comes to this relational matrix we call church, it is well worth remembering that we are not born into the church the way we are born into families. We do not apply for membership in the church as we might apply for a job. We do not audition for a role in the church as we might, might audition for a role in a play or a musical. The good news of baptism is simply this, that when we are baptized, the church picks us up. And with arms and legs flailing, we are tossed into the pool of God's acceptance.
We are splashed by grace, in other words. When we're splashed by grace and these words fall out of our mouths, we, we, we don't know what might happen. Is the name Doug Oldenburg familiar to any of you? I doubt it. Maybe I can imagine one or two people in our congregation are watching online. You, you, you might remember who Doug Oldenburg is. He died about a year ago. He was a Presbyterian pastor who served a church in West Virginia, then a very large church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then he became the seventh president of Columbia Theological Seminary. Doug says that early in his ministry, he was the pastor of Davis Memorial Presbyterian Church in Elkins, West Virginia. Now, when his congregation celebrated baptisms, he would take a few moments to explain the significance, the ramifications, the consequences of these words. He would say something like this. in our baptism today, in the words that we are affirming, some of you today are making a promise to work in our nursery. Some of you are making a promise to be a youth advisor. Uh, some of you are making a promise to sing and help lead our people in worship. Uh, some of you are making a promise to be a deacon and to walk with people in their grief and in their pain. He would spell out the consequences and the ramifications of these words. A woman in his congregation in West Virginia was diagnosed with emphysema. Her condition was terminal. There was nothing anyone could do. Doug went to visit her a couple of times. And she had two young teenage sons. Her husband had died just a couple of years earlier and they had no other living relatives. Doug could not even remember if, were they active members or not? He had had the sense that they had been moved to the inactive role, as we put it, but he, he wasn't sure. And so he went to visit her a couple of times, and during one of these visits, she motioned for him to lean down with his ear close to her mouth, and when he did, she asked him, Reverend Oldenburg, would you become my children's legal guardians when I die? When he caught his breath from being so surprised, he thanked her for that gracious invitation and said that he and his wife would discuss it and that they would pray at length about it. And indeed, they did. They looked at it from various angles. They had their own children. They were saving money for them to go to college. But what about medical coverage? How would that work? They didn't know. It so happened that that evening he had a session meeting. And during the course of that meeting, he shared with his elders and asked for their feedback about this situation. What, what should I do? What would you do? What guidance, what wisdom might you have for me? They talked, some offering insight, some offering suggestions, and then, and then one elder spoke up and he said, now wait a minute. It seems that I remember that we baptized those children in our church. And when we baptized those children, we promised to nurture them and their parents in the faith of Jesus Christ. Well, if there was ever a situation in which those parents needed us, it's now. And by the end of the meeting, 
the session had voted to support Doug and his wife in whatever decision they made, and they also approved a motion to raise whatever money he needed to pay for the extra expenses, including their college tuition. A couple of days later, she died. And Doug and his wife became those children's legal guardians. And that church, that church fulfilled its promise and it raised the money that he needed to pay for their college tuition and more. You see what I mean? Just words, just baptismal words. But baptismal words can land us in a situation we did not expect. Baptismal words can set us on an adventure that we call faith. And what I wonder and what I invite you to wonder with me is that as God tosses us up in the air with our legs and arms flailing, what might God have in store for Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church?